This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we just love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes the experience better. Look, obviously, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. I've done it for years. But watching the game in a place that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other dub fans is so much more fun. COVID stole that opportunity for a while, but the ACO has given it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great food and drinks. It's big, it's comfortable, it's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes during this incredible Warrior season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food, I love their space, I love their TVs. I even love that it's family friendly. I can go there with friends and get way too passionate, or I can go with just my wife and kid and enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now my go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and I hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. Where's Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boring producer, Marcus. What's up, Donation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Fun episode, gentlemen. So we have a ton of guests today and kind of a different format. We're going to invite Connor in a little bit later on to give us an off-the-court report from Madison Square Garden. He was at the site as history was made. We've got a golden question segment that's going to look back at some favorite Steph moments, and we've got a ton of people who've covered Steph in every portion of his career, dropping knowledge and behind-the-scenes stories. So I'm fired up for all of that. But before we do, I wanted to start off with just us, and I wanted to get into a glass half full. I also, even before we do the glass half full, I wanted to spend a little bit of time giving Marcus shit for his terrible camera. I mean, I can kind of see you, but it looks like you're recorded in the middle of like a sea storm or something. Like, I don't know what the graininess is. I'm not sure what the quality of that camera is, but I mean, are we not paying you enough, dude? Like, you, you got to step up your game here. Well, A, you're definitely not paying me enough. <laughs> B, um, this is the fancy blur background. I didn't turn it on. It just kind of is on. So I'm not quite sure how that happened, but we're just rolling with it. And um, yeah, in where I work is there's just a dark corner of of the uh, condo that we're in. So um, I need a new light. Maybe if you pay me some more, I'll get a new light. And a new hopefully light? that'll... Newsflash, yeah. dude, it's a blur foreground, too. It's definitely not just your background. And if you had a light, I'm not sure it would make any difference. But we're not here to take shots at your terrible technology. We're here to celebrate Steph Curry. So the glass half full, generally speaking, it's more general, right? We, we look back at Warriors basketball. We give something we like, something we don't from recent hoop. Today, let's limit that. Don't want to hear anything you don't like. We're talking about things we do, and we're going to be more specific. What I want you to tell me is things you appreciate about Steph Curry. So after watching this guy for 13 years, watching him turn our team around, watching him set up history, what is it that resonates with you? I'm kind of surprising you boys with this question, so I will go first to give you a little bit of time to think. Uh, let me put it this way. Outside of my daughter, boys, who's six years old, there is nobody in my life who has changed my life more thoroughly in the last four or five years. 
you know, and, and maybe stretch even back more than the last 10 years. I, I love the Warriors more than I should. Um, uh, they occupy a far too important place in my life to have basically just be a television show. And the way I, I experience that is I welcome these guys into my house through my television three or four times a week, and I live and die with them every single time through those two to three hours. Before Steph Curry, that experience was a nightmare. You know, it, it was a smorgasbord of disappointment and lack of optimism and all this nasty shit. After 2009, after 30 entered our lives, he infused talent, he infused skill, he infused success, but more than that, man, he infused inclusive joy. You know, so I, I've had the pleasure of working on this episode before we hit record. I got a sense of some of the stories we're going to hear. And I can tell you the thing that, that came up over and over and over again is how joyful Steph is and how he shares that joy with everyone else. So it's not just what he's done and what he's done is unbelievable. You know, he, he turned a team I associated with disappointment into a team that is now synonymous with dynastic wins but he has also made me happy, you know, frequently, weekly, sometimes daily, which is not some shit you say about entertainment characters in your life. You know, there, there's a lot of movie actors I like. There's a lot of TV shows I've enjoyed. Shit, there's a lot of athletes I've dedicated way too much time to following. But nobody, not one of them, has brought the kind of happiness that Steph Curry has brought in. You know, so yes, dude, his his talent, what he does on the floor, I appreciate and love. But the entire experience is unbelievable. So glass half full? No, fuck that, dude. Glass 100% full. Pitcher 100% full. I am all on board with this guy, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I think it's a great call out. Um, definitely 100% full for me as well. Uh, I'm going to go two things. One, perseverance, and the second one is fun. So perseverance, he came into the league and join the Warriors as a skinny kid with fragile ankles um, who might have been a bust. And through perseverance, he continued to work and make his body stronger. And he had that quote when he was saying, this isn't good enough, Warriors fans. I promise you we'll figure this out. And a lot of players say that in a lot of, across a lot of different sports. And he made good on that promise. So the fact that he was willing to put in the work that he did, I think what he said about breaking the record wasn't that all the shots that he made in games, it was the fact of all the shots he put up, you know, in practice and outside of the games that brought him to that point. So his willingness to work on his body to figure out, you know, like how many times in those early years were we a rolled ankle away from a eight, nine game losing streak. We were always worried about it. He had those crazy high ankle braces. Um, and it was just, you know, it was a thing. You were always wondering, like, is is he going to make it through a whole season? So um, definitely 100% full on his perseverance and willingness to follow through on a promise and do what it takes um, to be the player that he is. And then just fun along the same lines as you, Bram. There's... There's a point like we were playing basketball in high school together and um, I always had fun playing it. And then when I played it at the next level, it wasn't fun anymore. And that kind of ended my career quickly. And when you play pickup games or you're playing with your friends, um, it's fun. Right. And that's why you do it. Um, a lot of the times in the NBA, you're watching teams like San Antonio was 
a dominant franchise for 20 years, going in the playoffs every single year and winning multiple, multiple championships. And they were very businesslike about it. Um, what's great about Steph is that he's he makes playing so fun and so fun to watch that it brought back that joy as if I was actually playing with him. So even though I've never been on the court a minute with Steph, uh, the way he plays and how he has fun and bouncing around. Like they used to give Dwight Howard shit all the time. Like you laugh too much. You're, you're having too much fun out there. Why are you smiling? Take it more serious. And Steph Curry does that. He bounces around and does crazy dances and shimmies. And it's all because it's coming from such a pure place that he just loves the game. He's great at it. And it's infectious that it not only spreads to teammates wanting to play with him and being so happy to help him break this record, but also to the fans. Like you just, you kind of feel like you're on the court with him. Like you just gave him that assist as well because it's so fun just to be in a basketball scenario with him. Looking for another Hoops podcast to add to your roster? Check out the Knuckleheads. NBA veterans Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles are lifelong friends and are bona fide truth tellers. Listen in as they invite special guests, high-profile athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to untold stories, from sports to culture. They're in their seventh season and making moves that are worth listening to. Check them out wherever you listen to your podcast. Objectively, it follows. So, like, normally speaking, you watch a basketball highlight, that highlight ends after the ball goes through the hoop because that was the highlight, right? Whatever the hell it is, or it ends with the block, you know, whatever it is. Steph's highlights, 95% of the time, continue on afterwards. Why? Because we like to watch him celebrate. You know, I mean, just plain and simple, we, we love watching him do that shimmy. We love watching him turn around before the ball goes through the hoop. We love watching him jumping in people's arms. We, we love the whole nine yards. He's normalized that. And that's not something that was normal beforehand. How about you, Maxime? What sticks out? It's the word that Marcus just mentioned, infectiousness, that I kind of wanted to dwell on, right? Because all the things that you said are true. We all know that the way you said it uh, was perfectly celebratory. It's the way he, like, celebrates his teammates' success that creates a world, like, I'm sorry if this is hyperbolic, but it creates a world that I want to live in, right? Because now you have kids emulating these like 30 footers because they all want to be the next Steph Curry. And that's great. And part of what makes them the next Steph Curry is that they celebrate their teammates, right? It, It creates an environment where everybody wants to play ball. Everybody wants to be a part of the game, whatever the game is, whether it be basketball or like in the business context, right? Where where you're celebrating your teammates. And that's just so, so special. He is the, the perfect superstar because he's a great role model in every in how he operates, whether it's playing basketball or, or not. That's absolutely right. Let's get fancy, boys. Let's welcome in Connor, who was at Madison Square Garden to watch the record be set. And let's get an off-the-court report on what that experience was like. Mr. Letourneau, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Long time, no talk. I miss you. Uh, We miss you, and I miss you so much that I'm going to be transparently honest with you. So I'm doing well, but I'm also hella bitter. So the fact that you were at MSG and got to watch this fucking history unfold made me so jealous. I thought of you so many times as, uh, as they showed the replays, as like Steph was crying in his mom's arms. Part of me was celebrating. Part of me was being like, God damn it, Connor's getting to watch all of this live. So I'm doing good, but 
Uh, I don't. I wish I was living my best life the way that you were a couple months. Why, why can't you just be happy for your friends, man? Hey, well, that's going to require years of therapy I haven't received yet, dude. And, and if I knew the answer to that, you know, hopefully I'd be able to improve myself. But it is what it is. Let's not focus on my fucked mental state. Tell me about it, dude. Give me some details. How was it? You know, what, what was the experience like? Yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, uh, a little bit of background. So uh, I split the road trip with uh, Ron Krojcik. And um, Ron did Philly and Indy. And then I was, I was always going to do the final three games of the trip. Um, we actually did have a little bit of a, you know, we, we kind of moved around the schedule a little bit. So as of like two weeks ago, I was going to go to Indy and then come back. And then we switched it around. So he did Philly and Indy. And then I was going to do the final <laughs> three games of the trip. And when we switched it around and we got closer uh, to that road trip, I was like, bummer, man, I'm not going to be able to cover you know, I'm not going to be able to cover him breaking the record because he's probably going to get it in Philly or Indy. If he doesn't get it in Philly, he's definitely going to get it in Indy. And then he doesn't. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, wow, I have, you know, I had a, had like a mini little vacation before that. And I hadn't, you know, covered the past four Warriors games. And I'm like, wow, I'm just being dropped into <laughs> the biggest story in the NBA. Like I, I got back on the beat like a day before he broke the record. And uh so I'm obviously very excited going out to New York, knowing that he's going to break the record. And uh, yeah, there was just so much excitement around it. Um, I think a lot of relief from the Warriors. Um, I thought um, the way they handled it was was perfect. I thought I was really glad the NBA extended that time out. Um, and, and I mean, I turned to Anthony Slater next to me. I was like, "How long was that? That was like." That was like over three minutes, right? Ended up finding out it was like three and a half minutes. I was like, that it felt like an eternity, but but in a good way. I mean, they they gave him his flowers in the moment. Yeah. Um, allowed him to like give the game ball in the moment to his dad. I mean, it was uh it was perfect. And uh I give I give the NBA a lot of props for that, um, living up to the moment. And I thought that uh my personal favorite moment was the interaction between Steph and Draymond on the floor. I sure. thought I thought that was really genuine and uh, candid and sincere. And and like that little part where Steph it has has his head on Draymond's uh, chest. It just like that's something you would only do with someone who's like truly your best friend or like, yeah. has been through a lot with you. And um. I just thought that was really cool. And being there, you know, just adds to the many amazing experiences that I've gotten to have on this beat. But honestly, it was right up there. Like, it was right up there with covering, you know, Clay's three-pointers record or, you know, the single-game three-pointers record in Chicago or uh or covering you know clay's 60 point game against indiana or even nba finals games i mean okay it was you're, it was you're okay. just rubbing it in my face now you know i mean you know i'm already kind of pissy um but I'll, I'll also bring you to the other side of my emotional coin i was also excited that you were there man um i, I was really fired up to have an opportunity to talk to someone who i'm as close with uh to figure out what went down there but also your skill set you're great at noticing details you're a phenomenal writer um, and so let me break this down a little bit. When you first show up, because the writers get there pretty damn early, when you first go into MSG, is there already a buzz? Can you already feel it's a special day? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, there were people there way before tip off. Uh, there, there were a lot of staff jerseys in the crowd. Full disclosure, my, I have a Southwest companion pass and sometimes my girlfriend will come on the road with me and, and she like, she wanted to go so badly that she paid her own money to go <laughs> and was there in the, in the crowd. And it was not a cheap ticket. Um, Props to Sade. I love that. She, yeah. She's, she's not even like a huge basketball fan, but she just like wanted to be a part of the moment. And I was like, you're here. You should just, you should just stomach the crazy price tag and do it. And she did. And I think she, uh, I think she thoroughly enjoyed it. And so knowing that she was there enjoying it and I was, you know, on press row, writing about it it was a cool moment you know i'm sure uh when it after it happens so steph celebrated i mean you just described it there's three minutes of kind of uninterrupted joy at least for warriors the crowd because you're you know they're i would imagine at least 60 percent nick fans were they genuinely supporting him i mean did, did it seem like they were also you know liking the the celebration yeah, yeah. I don't think it was a thing of like, oh man, I can't believe this happened against our Knicks. This sucks. It's more like this is greatness. The yeah, schedule just yeah. so just so happened to work out where he was gonna get it tonight. It's not really anything against the Knicks. Actually, Steph didn't even shoot that well overall in the game. Um, but you know, he he's gonna get two threes. That's just something that's gonna happen. And uh, you know, I, I was happy to see it get taken care of relatively early in the game. Um, and sure. you could see he, he wanted to get it done early. And it was kind of it's kind of interesting, too, that he got it over the outstretched arm of his former teammate, Alec Burks. Also, it came off an assist from Andrew Wiggins. Uh, like, you would have thought it would have come from um, Draymond, you know, right. but it came from Andrew Wiggins. I, I don't know. I thought it was just kind of cool. Um, it, it exemplified the relationship he has with everyone because I, I read a quote about that play and they said nine times out of nine, you know, 10 times out of 10, Wiggins takes a shot out of that. And then they had a quote from Wiggins saying, I think this is your article, but had a quote from Wiggins saying, yeah, that's normally a bucket, but I saw him inch open. We wanted to get it to him. Um, so, yeah, you could I mean the whole team wanted it to happen, too. Did you party with Steph and KB till 5 a.m.? Um, and if so, can you give us as many details about that as possible? <laughs> I did not. I did not. Um, you know, with COVID and all. Uh, no, you not that I could party with the NBA yeah. players anyway. But uh, no. Uh, Wasn't I love it. They probably did invite you. And you're like, look, I'd like to. But, you know, COVID and everything. Yeah. I gotta, I'm going to have to go ahead and pass you know, Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's uh, something my editors would want, you know, behind the scenes access the night he, he broke the record. You know, that's no, of course not. not something yeah. I would interested in so. you know, we don't want those stories either it's uh it's not important at all and then finally finish the picture so afterwards you get to talk to the team was it more relief was it joy you know like how would you describe their emotions um it was both uh i think it was more joy than relief um i think it's just i think there's a true awareness it was it was i think with steph it's really easy to kind of not get jaded, but just kind of take for granted everything he does because he's so he's operating at such a high level consistently that it's just like you come to expect greatness all the time. You come to expect 10 three-pointers a night. You come to expect all these these crazy dribbling displays and things like that. And I think the entire thing was just kind of an opportunity for everyone to slow down, kind of take a step back and be like, you know what? 
it's pretty freaking cool that we get to play with Steph Curry. And it's pretty yeah. freaking cool that I get to write about Steph Curry, that you get to talk about Steph Curry. And it's pretty freaking cool. And we should appreciate that and and just reflect on that a little bit um, every once in a while rather than just get caught up in the day-to-day. Because the next thing we know, like, you know, I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon, but that day is going to come. And you don't want to feel like you – took it for granted. And I, I had a good conversation the other day with Brandon Payne, Steph's trainer, who, you know, he lives in Charlotte and he followed the team around throughout their past few games, went out to San Francisco, then Philly, then Indiana, then New York, because he wanted to make sure he was there and he was there for the lead up of the record as well. Just, just to kind of appreciate it. And I think sure. everyone's going through that journey right now. Yeah, that's badass, man. Well, I appreciate you. I was joking. I was at least, I don't know, 30, 40% happy that you were there. It wasn't all just bitterness. Uh, but we missed you. We got to get you back on like, way more frequently. I know. We really do. Yeah, it's got to happen. I'm, I'm covering the Warriors a lot more than I had been early in the season. So plenty to talk about. Excellent. Well, enjoy the rest of the trip, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you when you get back. All right. Thanks, man. Let's turn to our golden questions. So most of the time, these are questions that come from our fan base. You guys are nice enough to send them into us. If you'd like to participate, by the way, shoot us an email. Shoot it to huddle at uh, warriorshuddle.com. These are from fans, but they're all Steph-centric, and there's a personal one. We'll get to that one down the line. The other thing that makes these special is that it's not just us answering them, right? So we're going to start off. We're going to drop some of our stories. But I also have had the opportunity to run these questions by a lot of the beat writers, a lot of the people who have covered Steph for the majority of their careers. So we'll get some of their knowledge as well. Here's our first quote. What is your favorite Steph Curry moment or memory that other people may share? So the way I interpreted this, you know, the when we're talking to the beat writers, they're going to have access to things that only they saw because they were in practices or behind the scenes. So this question isn't looking for you know, secret knowledge. What it's looking for is what's your favorite memory or moment that happened in front of a camera or that other people would already be aware of. I'll go first and I got a random one for you, all right? So I'm taking this back to April of 2016. And here's what's random. You know, I, I, I shot this out on Twitter. I, I, I hopped up on the Warriors World Forum. I put this out in a lot of places and all the responses were, were predictable. And I bet you we might hear one of them from one of you boys. We did shot an OKC, the first title, those kind of things, big basketball moments. Mine's a little bit different. So happens in April of 2016. The Warriors have already won a championship and now they're on this huge tour where Steph is torching the league. I think he's averaging about 25 a game. And one of the things that starts happening is most of the time is Draymond, but it's not just him. While Steph is giving a post-game interview, Draymond, sometimes Clay, sometimes other guys come up and pour ice water on Steph's head. It always surprises him. It leads to like, you know, five second, oh, I can't believe it. And then they go back to the uniform. So my favorite memory, it's one of these times. Steph has had an, another unbelievable game. He's given an interview to somebody from TNT, and the camera catches Draymond walking behind him. And Steph, at least from what you can tell, doesn't see Draymond. He's given a fucking interview. He's looking into the camera. And the camera, again, catches Dre reaching over. He's at least five, six feet behind him, picks up a glass of ice water, 
and is, I would imagine, about to walk over to Stefan Port on him. I have to say imagine because what happens is if he has the force, like he had some kind of ESP about what was going down, Steph, who had a towel on his left shoulder, grabs it with his left hand and without even turning his fucking head, whips the towel over his left shoulder and snipes the cup out of Draymond's hand. It was such an unbelievable throw. If, if you want, you can literally go out there, Google Draymond uh, Steph towel throw. Draymond freaks out. He's like, what the hell happened? It's as if a sniper had taken the cup out of his hand because it happened so goddamn quickly. Boys, Hawkeye couldn't have made that fucking throw. The, the, the show of hand-eye coordination to, to I mean, the, you know, what's the cup? Like uh, three or four inches? You know, he's throwing a towel without looking through people at a guy who happened to be moving. It, it was an unbelievable sequence of events. It illustrates his his superpower, his hand-eye coordination. Um, and it's just something that stuck out to me forever. If you gave me not even an amount of throws, if you gave me an amount of time, if you gave me 20 years, just 20 years, and all I did for that 20 years was try to knock somebody's cup out of their hand with a over-the-top throw uh, and a towel, it just would never happen. I could never do it. So that's the one that sticks out for me before we turn to the beat writers what moments stick out for you boys well i'm gonna if you don't mind keep it april 2016 um but something that might be a little bit more familiar to everybody right april 2016 the 13th to be specific is the game against memphis at home where we um got our 73rd win and broke that record for all-time wins in a season so it's very fortunate to be at that game and you know, I'm sure most people listening also remember that that's the game where Steph broke uh, 400 threes in a season. So the fact that those are happening back to back is phenomenal. But I went back and I rewatched the highlights of all of those threes. And my goodness, was it a special performance, right? We sort of see the way that the league has adapted to how Steph shoots now. And they're swarming him like crazy. They just leave him so little space. But at the time, you know, teams were giving him just a little bit more room to breathe, and that meant that he could still be just absolutely electric. Ten, he made ten threes in that game. Six of them came in the first quarter, and I think the thing that was so special about that, right, is the electricity. It happens whether he's um, on a catch and shoot, right. So we had, we had assists from Draymond, we had assists from Andre, we had assists from Sean Livingston, we even had assists from Bogut, right. Just like the full poo poo platter of of just like perfect strength and numbers situations and then the like off the dribble stuff is just as special too right and so he's just such a threat that you can't take your eyes off him and you see defenders trying to figure out how to do it but it's just like it's electric he had a behind the back one it just felt inevitable every single time and that's how it felt in the arena right and watching him over the past few games coming up to like maybe he can hit 16 in a game like that's the seed of that right is like sitting there in that arena knowing that he's going to break 400 even though there's eight threes between him and that record is just a bananas situation to just like feel the inevitability that every time it goes up the whole crowd is cheering and you still see that now but it never felt as special as it did for me in that moment in that arena uh, that's a great call. I remember that game, um, and I remember its significance. MT, what do you got? I'm going to go a little more recent and a little more obscure, but I think people, a lot of people have seen it. Um, it was a recent pregame warm-ups. Um, he's known for doing this weird, like, almost long jump-esque two steps to the rim, and then he throws up a really high um, finger roll layup. 
and uh, he did it, and it was like you know almost hit the chase screen, uh, the equivalent of the the Megatron Jumbotron in the middle, and then it bounces, and then he's running off screen, and Damian Lee and whoever else is under the basket sees it, and it off the bounce goes in, and everybody goes crazy. And what why it sticks out to me and why I loved it is because literally for the next 60 seconds Steph is running around like a third grader pointing to different teammates and saying it's your turn to run up and we're both going to jump up you know and like bump into each other in the air do body bumps in the air and he does it to everybody he points at Damian Lee and does it he points at Otto Porter and does it he points all the way across at Looney and runs across the key and does it to him he's going back and forth and just pointing at people and running like did you see how cool that shot was and it was something like he made the shot, but it was something, again, that was just an example of him, him, how fun it is to play with him, how cool it is to be a teammate. And it's like he just makes going to work fun. So um, that will always stand out to me as a, a symbol of, of who he is and the fact that not a lot of players um, are like that, right? So when, when LeBron and everybody else is, continues to call him a, a once-in-a-generation type of player, it's not just because of his shooting ability. Uh, it's because of the way that he's able to create a culture and have it sustained as well um, that makes you want to be his teammate. And, you know, you have people all the way. We gave a Avery Bradley a, a hard time about it, saying it's the best organization. A big reason for that is because of Steph. And the reason why Wiggins loves playing here and you know they said he's never passed out of that situation in his life in his career with the warriors and what does he do he passes it out to steph to break the record so i think all of that feeds into the fact that that's just how fun it is so who knows what goes on at practice and all the things that happen that we don't get to hear about um i'm sure we'll talk about those but you know that was one that was shared on social media and i think symbolic of probably what it's been like um since curry was drafted is an unexpected answer to that story. Fuck you, Marcus. <laughs> so, and here's why it's probably, well, I mean, unexpected because who the hell would answer a good story with a fuck you? But the, the reason I'm throwing it out there is I really felt important and different to give you a story that happened like after a game or like, <laughs> it felt like I was being out of the box. You use the word obscure. I prefer out of the box, but either way, <laughs> you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. So I don't like that at all. So I'm going to go ahead and say for the third time, fuck yourself, Marcus. <laughs> with that in mind, let's turn to the friends of the huddle. All right. So we got a lot of people here who had some great stories. Let's start with one from Rusty Simmons. The world pays attention to Steph Curry now. Everybody. You know, uh, Nancy Pelosi literally congratulated him during a political speech today. It's it's Steph Curry um, stories is sports currency now. But you've watched this dude from the beginning man. You, you've watched him, you know, every dribble, every shot throughout this incredible journey. We've all seen how he's changed on the floor. You know, I mean, I remember him being skinny. I remember him being a little timid. Now we see him taking over Madison Square Garden. What changes have you noticed off the floor? You know, is, is this guy the same person who came in following the We Believe season? Has that shifted with the success? How would you describe that? Uh, he cusses a little more now than he used to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think one of the things that makes him special is that he hasn't changed all that much. Um, he still is who he is. Uh, we hear the cliche all the time, like, you never want to meet your heroes because they're going to disappoint you. Um, Steph Curry is not going to disappoint people. Uh, I said a long time ago, like in our business, 
we essentially get to see who the player is based on how they want to present themselves in the media. You're just far enough away that they can present themselves any way they want to. And um, during the time of covering him, I've gotten to know him a little bit more. He actually is who he says he is. And I think um, of course there are changes. He's, I think he's more in the moment now than he ever has been. Um, I think family, family is always important to him, but I think he's found this balance of being a voracious competitive cuss and also taking care of family. Um, so I've seen slight changes there, but the the best thing I can say is that he hasn't changed a whole lot. And um, that speaks to who he is and who he's always been. Marcus Thompson and I always joke about this, that, when you see those, when we see those interactions, Stephen Curry still introduces himself as, hi, I'm Stephen Curry. <laughs> He's one of the most recognizable people in the world, <laughs> like literally. And every time he goes into a conversation, he introduces himself. And we think that's remarkable. It's like, you don't, dude, you don't have to do that. They, they know, they're here for you. They know who you are. Um, I was covering a random story recently just before a game um, about a crossing guard who gave his life to save some children. And the story was supposed to be about Zaza Pachulia, whose children went to the same school. And Zaza has been very helpful in trying to get that family back together and trying to figure out how to go forward. He invited them to the game. Steph comes over midway through this and I'm thinking, okay, it's just because he's Steph Curry. And of course they're going to go crazy. Well, what I didn't know at that point is Steph had called them months before Zaza had ever got involved, just out of the, just out of the blue, out of his heart, saying, hey, anything I can do, I just want you to know I love you and, and take care of you any way I can. And that's who he is. Here is Bonte weighing in. Gosh, man, there's, there's so many, right? I mean, there, there's just so many moments, man, that you could pick from. You know, the on that moment in Portland, think about how that, got the fan base jacked up about a playoff run in 2016. Um, think about him throwing up the sevens in game six at OKC saying, we're going back home in game six. You know, we're going back home or game five of that series where he's like, we ain't going home. We ain't going home. And it was like, hell yeah, we ain't going home. We're about to do this thing. I, I think I think I got to go with that OKC regular season game because that felt like he was at the height of his powers that moment of when he hit that shot. Remember, he got hurt in the third quarter with the yep. ankle injury. Yep. And to get Mike Breen to say, bang, bang, oh, what a shot by Stephen Curry. And he's doing the Bernie, and he's doing a seawalk, and he's celebrating. I think that moment right there, when you think about the Steph Curry, you know, era, that moment in time. Now, with that said, now all these moments are probably – that's my number one moment, Bram. I'm going to stick with that one because now that I think about it, like you got the LeBron James – when he's going in for the layup past LeBron in the NBA Finals, the three to ice it over Kyrie Irving, like the exclamation point in game five of that series in 2017. So there's so many moments. Him hoisting an MVP trophy at at Oracle Arena against the Memphis Grizzlies. But I'm going to go with that regular season game, OKC, you know, in the midst of its unanimous MVP season, on the way to hitting 402 threes, on the way to helping the Warriors win 73 games. To me, that is the moment that I think a lot of people are going to point to first and foremost. So that's my favorite moment right off the bat. But, I mean, it's tough, right, Bram? I mean, think about how many moments this guy's had. How can you break this down into one? There's like 35 moments that we want to touch on. 100% right. 
Let's hear one from Wes. So my favorite Steph memory actually didn't come from me being a beat reporter around the team. It actually came, this was sort of my first exposure to who Steph Curry was. It was the Clippers series, right? Um, under Mark Jackson. And I just remember, you know, I'm on the, I was on the East coast in Florida at that time still. Um, and I remember just being up at like one o'clock in the morning, watching this playoff game and just watching, like, you know, growing up on the East coast, it's classic, like East coast bias, right? You don't watch these West coast games. I heard, I knew Steph Curry from the Davidson stuff. And I knew that the warriors had like a nice thing going and that they were kind of fun to watch and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, and they're in the playoffs, obviously. All right. Let me tune into this. And the Clippers were still like that. Those, those versions of the Clippers that were also kind of fun to watch. Uh, so I'm watching this, this game late and Steph just goes off. And I don't remember which game it was, but it was one of, it was one of the several where he was just, just draining threes. And it was just like this mind blowing, just like a mind explosion emoji type of experience for me that everybody basically had who watched the NBA and was around the NBA or was in the NBA during that time. Right. This is Steph Curry break breaking the game. Like this was it happening in real time. And for, that was my, Oh, this guy's breaking the game type of moment. And I just remember sitting um, on, on the couch, just watching him just, just keep shooting threes in a way that I'm like, is he allowed to do that? Like, I, I know that you can do the three point thing, but that's like a thing you just sort of do to break up the two pointers right No, He's like, no, I'm just doing this all the time. And he just, and they just kept going in and the Clippers were just like, they looked like me on the couch. Like they're like, what do we do with this? Like, how do do we guard all the way out there? Like what, what do we do? They're looking at doc rivers. Of course, doc rivers has no idea what to do. Um, and so that was, that was my favorite thing. That was that moment where I'm like, Oh, this is different. The game's not going to ever be the same after this dude. So that's my favorite. Like if you like when you ask me my favorite Steph Curry moment that people know, that's it. Um, as far as the games that I've covered him in, you know, I I, I covered the finals, the, the last couple finals that he were he was in. They're amazing, you know, like whatever. I, I guess it just maybe it's just the shine of that starts to wear off, and you just you get spoiled to all that stuff. But that 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 always stuck in my brain. One from Rusty Simmons. Yeah, uh, so many of them. Um, I I was backing up Janie Hu at the San Francisco Chronicle um, during the We Believe years, the 2017 or 2007 season, and the year after where they had an even better record and didn't go to the playoffs. Um, and then I took over the beat in 2009. So essentially, I came into the league with Stephen Curry. Um, and over that time, there are so many moments that stand out to me. Uh, the one that I would use for this is a sequence of moments. It's it's when I felt like he had become a champion. And most people probably think that happened in Cleveland when they won the first championship in 40 years. Um, but to me, it happened in Memphis. Uh, they were down two to one at Memphis. There was no light. It looked like another season where they would make a run and then fall short and that they were going to have to rebuild and come back. Um, Steph was stewing in his hotel room across the street from the FedEx Forum at the time, across the street from Beale Street. Uh, and Draymond Green and Fessus Azili convinced him to come out. They said, you, you can't do that. You got to come out here. You got to be out, get away from that for a second. Um, and they go to, I think it's called Blue City's Diner or Cafe. Uh, they go out there and, of course, there are gawkers. Everybody knows who these guys are at this point, and they're taking pictures in the window. And, and all of a sudden, Steph just started having fun again. He was like, oh, wait, this is fun. Um, as you know, the Warriors reel off a bunch of wins. And, and in game six, uh, I guess the moment among these moments, uh, in game six, Andre Iguodala blocks Jeff Green's shot. The ball kind of 
finds its way to Steph Curry as happens. He fires one up from 62 feet, a three-quarter court shot. Um, And I looked at the Warriors bench, and I knew that they were actually championship contenders. And before then, I had never thought that. Um, And I think they thought that too. Let's get one from Mark Medina. Yeah, well, my favorite Steph Curry moment after covering him as a Warriors beat writer with Bayer and his group in the 2017-18 season, 2018-19 season, obviously the performances, but I think the very underrated part was just seeing how he stayed true to playing the way he did while having this very team-like environment, most notably with Kevin Durant in the fold. And so when I was covering the team, they had already won championships without Kevin Durant and with Kevin Durant. So they were going through the the winning when it feels like a business. I think that's the analogy that you've used. And he had a way of being able to still keep things fun, keep all his teammates engaged and make sure that, you know, all stars weren't fighting with each other. Hmm. And that wasn't always easy. Um, but I think the most notable example is when Kevin Durant won his second finals MVP and talking to him, he was pretty sensitive to the fact that, Hey, Steph Curry still hasn't won his finals MVP, but it made his day that Steph went up to the locker room and told him, Hey, you learned it. Don't worry about me. And there's no issues. So that's, uh, I think memory. Number one, memory. Number two is that following season in the, uh, 2018, 19 year, you know, there was a lot of stuff with the speculation with Kevin Durant's free agency and how to integrate DeMarcus Cousins. And he was there on the forefront of trying to nip things in the bud where, you know, he, you know, talked with Bruce Frazier, the Warriors assistant coach before the season started specifically about how do we get DeMarcus Cousins comfortable with us? Um, And then when the, when the Draymond Green and Kevin Durant spat happened, um, he was on the forefront of, you know, having individual conversations, collective conversations. And, you know, after talking with Draymond and Kevin and, you know, people on the Warriors staff, it seemed like he really towed the line well of, you know, respecting each man's space and knowing that this is something that Duran and, and Draymond have to figure out on their own. But sure. he also was a very good mediator without like choosing favorites. So those are my uh, kind of favorite memories about covering stuff. I mean, the, the performances speak for themselves. They all become a blur because they're so used to how many great moments he has. But I think the intangibles are, are some of the things that make him even more of a special player. Last but not least, KP has covered this guy for as long as I know. Um, but let's see if she's got a great story for us. All right. This is going to be a very unpopular memory but it makes me laugh every time I think about it because it's so uncharacteristic of Steph to do any of this, but it was game six when he fouled out and threw his mouthpiece at a fan <laughs> and got ejected. And like this, Just the sequence of it was so incredible. And they were on the road in Cleveland. And every time I think about that moment, I just like, I can't help but laugh because then he like goes over to the fan right away, apologize, but he like chucked that mouthpiece and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen live. I was like, did he just throw that at a fan? And then of course the slow-mo when they go back, I love, love everything about it. And the fact that it was his first time ever being injected from a game during the finals. 
So this is Bram from the present with both good news and bad news. Let's start with the bad, bad. We got so much great stuff on Steph while putting together this episode. There's no way that we can fit it all into a single podcast. So we had to split this thing up into two parts. Here's the good news. Part two is already immediately available. If you haven't already downloaded it, go right back to the app you used to download part one and part two will be waiting for you. Good, good.